Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Tiny Mike Talks for a little bonus episode with just me, Little Lavish Jewels. Yay! Today is National Pizza Day. I only know that because it's on my calendar at work because I work in a bakery. <laughs> so, I'm choosing for dinner tonight between five cheese and marmalade thin crust pizza or French goat cheese and marinated vegetable. Hmm. Hmm. I've had both of these before and they're both very good. Hmm. I might go with the marinated vegetable. But we'll see. I've been meaning to make chili for like the past two weeks, it seems like. And I'll get to it. I really, really will. I promise. <laughs> I haven't, to be fair, I haven't promised anyone that I'm going to give them chili or anything like that. But I will still make the chili and probably share free some for myself. And have lots for the rest of the winter, hopefully. Maybe not. Who knows? I have stocked up on soup, so if anything, I should be okay. So, hmm. I'm trying to think of what my favorite pizza is. Hmm, where's my favorite pizza? It's not just cheese. Macaroni and cheese pizza is really good, but only if it's from Ian's Pizza, which is only available in uh, Milwaukee. And, what, is it important? I think it might be somewhere else, actually. Milwaukee and Madison and somewhere else. So yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite things to have, be it sober or not. It's delicious. It's amazing. And you know what? Actually, my favorite might be this um, white truffle mushroom and garlic pizza. There's also private selection thin crust. Oh, it's so good. But having a whole pizza to myself is something that I love. And because of that, I'm going to give myself some self-love today. And have a whole pizza for dinner, whether I make the chili or not. <laughs> because I can. I'm an adult. And I want to show myself some self-love. And I know when it's dinner time, I will be starving. <laughs> so, let me know. Wherever you're listening to this episode, wherever you're listening to this clip, what is your favorite pizza? You can choose more than one. Give me like a top three, maybe. So I guess my top three would be that mushroom one. Generally like... um. I wouldn't say macaroni and cheese. Um, hmm, maybe. Oh, oh, actually, th- definitely that one's number one. Truffle mushroom, and uh, truffle mushroom white cheese. Yeah, and second would be Ian's uh, veggie and the bandit, which is also a nice, uh, fairly thin crust pizza, but real sturdy. With is it cheese? I think two different kinds of cheese. Oh, so good. Um, either sliced or cubed potatoes. And I think they do ranch. And actually, let me double check because I want everyone to know about this pizza. It's so good. So yes, Veggie and the Bandit is it's essentially like smoking the Bandit. But it's, um, yeah, barbecue sauce, <laughs> mozzarella, barbecue diced potatoes, ranch, and cheddar cheese. And it's uh, vegetarian. I think it can be made vegan because they have vegan cheese and vegan ranch. So yeah, it's so good. Oh my god. Ugh, it's one of my favorites. And now I kind of like want to go get a slice instead of eating this whole pizza. Ugh. 
I don't feel like walking outside. <laughs> it's too cold for that. <sighs> and I feel like, I don't know, maybe there's a little, there's only so far that I will go for self-love because there's a point where that self-love concern can turn into self-harm, especially when it's what, like negative one degree outside right now. It's either one degree or it's, oh, it's only 10 degrees. Okay, that's not too bad. But it's dropping down to one to zero degrees, so... I don't know about that one. Either way, whatever I decide, I'll post a picture of it on Instagram and wish me luck, okay? <laughs> My third favorite would be just olives and mushrooms. And maybe some caramelized onions if it's available. And I would say maybe red peppers, but red peppers, like, roasted red peppers are not generally available. But I do love, like, a good veggie pizza with, yeah, roasted red peppers, mushrooms obviously some garlic, and black olives. So that's something I'm going to share with y'all today. I want y'all to give yourself a little self-love practice. Whether you love pizza or you dislike pizza, eat something that you love. Even some chocolate. Even some nice little chocolate. Or even just something simple. If you're like, oh, I haven't had some avocado toast in a while and I'm tired of being shamed for it, whether I'm a boomer, millennial, Gen Z, whatever, I like some avocado toast, Maybe I want that for dinner. Go for it. Or maybe I just want a whole tub of homemade or pre-made guacamole all to myself. Go for it. Show yourself some love. It's a healthy fat. You'll feel better about it. It'll be fine. Be great. Hopefully all that good fat will go right to your butt and, you know, you'll just enjoy it. And you can still fit into your pants. I'm praying for you. <laughs> so, like I said, today's a bonus episode. And like that, it'll just be a quick little... I guess also tidbit <laughs> on the tiny mic from an episode that I um, guested on on Mr. Nice Guy's podcast. So once you check it out, I'm pretty sure I said I was going to put it on a previous episode and then I didn't. But here is a good chunk of that. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, what are, I guess, like, what are some of your acts? Like, what are some things you like to do? Um, well, I like to do campy, fun things. Like, my first act was Beetlejuice. And I guess that counts as nerdlesque. I didn't realize that until, like, my third year in or something like that. But uh, overall, I really do like doing fun, campy things, generally based off my favorite things. And there's still other things that I want to do that I haven't gotten to. But those ideas take a while to form in utero and then like to fully give birth to it <laughs> yeah, for sure. to, to have that me metaphor i guess um i like scary things but like scary sexy things like i have at least two of that three different demon acts and i'm continually working on another one and i really want to like do a full body paint that takes so long and i'm like i don't know and like the idea of washing that off like uh <laughs> but <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it one day yeah I I happen to uh I like that stuff a lot. Like kind of horror slash demonic things mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. but it done in like an erotic way. I I, I kinda like that, not gonna lie. It's it's, yeah. it's cool. It's cool. You know, yeah. because it's it's sort of you know, it plays on like the you know, the um just the edginess of it all and mm -hmm. like crossing into like like risky territory. 
but mm-hmm. in, but in a fun way that's still like you know cool like awesome yeah like because burlesque is such a like a parody of things that people are scared of in a way like making fun of the aristocracy and it's political no matter what you do i think it's really funny to do that and make people confused you know because i have at least I have two nun acts and people are like, I don't know how to feel about this because I'm Catholic, but I feel very, very happy that you did this. <laughs> so like whenever I hear that. That's like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, like that's always fun. Um so yeah, like because I love like succubus stuff and artists like uh, Exotic Cancer and Asia Carr. Like is it Asia Carr? That's literally my cousin's name. But it's it's Asia something or it's Carr something. But she does like these beautiful like red and blue demons with like horns and like beautiful makeup and i'm just like i want to like become that (laughs) so that kind of stuff is always really fun um not stuff that's overly prop heavy that can you can only do once i like to do things that are versatile and can work with lots of things because lots of things that i've done for theme shows have become staple acts of mine because i love the song i love the costume or I love the choreography and I can just like change those things. Cause if I already love something about it, then I can keep rolling with it, you know? Yeah, totally. So fun. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I do this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not sure if you can see my eyebrows, but I'm going to be doing that a lot also. <laughs> no, it's okay. Hey, we were talking about the ADHD before this. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a jittery, like a tick thing. I, I have my own. So yeah. I, like, I move my head around a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of, like, jerk my head around when I'm, after I've made my point. I don't mm-hmm. know why I do that, but I noticed it when I would start watching myself on camera. So, um, but yeah, anyway. Too. <laughs> um, what are some uh, songs you've uh, done in your acts? Some of my songs I've done, let's see, going through them. Oh, so good. I've done maybe not as much. Not as much postmodern jukebox as I thought I would have. Like, I've done at least four of them. Like, they do a cover of Genuine's Pony, uh, a cover of Tuvlo's Habits, which I really love. And, mm, what's another one? I forgot about that song. It's so good. Yeah. So good. Like I, like, I love her version, but then, like, the cover is also really good. So I'm just yeah. like, because it's just slowed down. Yes. The classic, yeah. Yeah, I've done what? At least one Carol Emerald song. There's another one that I have in the works that I haven't put out. Um, I've done. I have done another Michael Bublé song because he mostly does covers, which is fine. Because I'm like, I'm here for this. Like his voice works so well. Mm-hmm. So like, make that happen. Um, what else? I think I was just thinking of some. Because I, it's funny in quarantine, I'm still like brainstorming acts that I want to do. But, like, my house is not a stage. And as much as I want my kitchen to be that, I am really afraid I'm going to, like, <laughs> just, like, throw myself into my oven or something. So I'm like, mm, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I always worry um, about, like, the people that, like, like my neighbors. Like, mm-hmm. if, I'm dance- if I'm dancing around and just in my zone because I live alone, mm-hmm. um, I'm worried that someone's going to come knocking on my door and be like, dude. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm just like, man, like feeling myself. <laughs> right. Get out of my business. Don't be looking through my blinds, nosy neighbor. Mind your business. Unless you're paying to see this, mind your business. Lame ass motherfucker. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, 
I have one. I have an upstairs neighbor who's pretty amazing. Honestly, he's um he's an activist. He does. He's a doula. He does so much. He's amazing. Um, but I feel like he'd be like, "Girl, what you doing down there? Can I watch?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll come watch." <laughs> <laughs> and like cheer me on because I'll be amazing like that's all I need is just like the energy so um let's see what's another uh, uh I keep thinking of like Haley Haley Reinhardt I've done like, at least like two or three of her songs so Melanie Fiona I like finding um uh like yeah like black women who do like really cool songs that work like I really want to do an Andre Day song and there's because they're so powerful and like uplifting and I still haven't found the right choreography to go with it but yeah. i'm working on it there so yeah yeah and i've yeah. done actually i have done quite a few panic at the disco so like songs oh, yeah. like uh yeah like i do um their song emperor's new clothes as a demon that's like resurrected and trying to like take back her crown and it's so good i love it that's one of my favorites <laughs> i can't like uh it's so good awesome. there you go awesome yeah you're doing you're performing the songs that you would just genuinely enjoy and listen to on your own time anyway like yeah um so uh tell me about your costumes oh mm. thinking about that actually just like talked about that in a, a youtube video i gonna keep talking about it in youtube videos because <laughs> i had this problem before i started before i even got uh, into any troop, I got a bunch of costumes online because I was like, well, I want to wear that, well, I want to wear that, without fully putting together an actual outfit costume for an act, and that was a problem. <laughs> so I always advise people to not do that. Like, think about your acts and then start getting stuff. or But also use what you have, you know? So nowadays, I definitely use a lot of what I have and try to find very specific things that I want. Um, I, use, I started off with wearing, like, lots of Mm, I say black dresses, but I have lots of black dresses. That's not really the same thing. Um, definitely, like, lots of, like, jackets and, like, pencil skirts. And those are harder to take off than you might think. But, yeah, I've always had a big affinity for lingerie. So I always want to have, like, not so much lacy, but, like, sexy lingerie that I like. But I have to, like, separate that from <laughs> what I'm going to wear for myself. So, yeah, lots of lingerie. Make sure it's not too expensive or too cheap so it doesn't break. Uh, and lots of, yeah, fun stuff. Like, my first act, I got my dress from my uh, for one, one, a former roommate. And it's like, a, kind of like, I don't know if it's actually a knockoff. It probably is like a brand name Lolita dress. And I used that for Beetlejuice because I was like, well, that works. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm too busy to go find something else. And finding a striped jacket, like a bold striped black and white jacket is so difficult for some reason so yeah i was like well i'll go with this <laughs> um yeah i'll say lots of like flowy black capes and cowls and things like that i have like four or five of them um for one of my also favorite acts that i premiered back in march before lockdown is um it's kind of kind of sheer but it's very covering and i wanted it to have a hood but it doesn't which is fine but i found it on wish and it was so perfect because i'm i'm only five two so finding a cape that i'm not going to step on immediately that that's not going to swallow my whole body is kind of hard to find so 
I found this. I got it. It came way in time, so I was able to practice with it. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so perfect. So I used it for this act um, to Childish Gambino's Terrified, which is such a good song. So, yeah, so freaking, yeah. Lots of, like, beautiful flowy things. Like, I want to use a lot of that stuff. I got some other, um, I think I should have worn one now. It's just sitting over there. But that I don't think it really matches. Um, <laughs> like, um, tool, um, what's one? Not a shawl. What's I'm looking for here? Robe. That's like uh, like feathers on the end. Love those. I have two of them. Oops. I have two. Yeah, one of them has like not feathers, but it's like um, it's like that fluffy fabric that looks like feathers, but it kind of looks like fur. That kind of thing. I feel oh. like that's easier than feathers because the feathers fall off. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, um, I would love to hear a little bit about. Uh, Drip and Melanin Productions, which um, it centers um, black performers, yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Dripping and Melanin Productions was started by me, Aphrodisiac Slays, as I said before, and Avery X Machina, who currently are all in the bombshells as well. But we started that because, like, I know me and Aphrodisiac have both performed outside of Milwaukee in Madison, and there's so much more representation for black performers in general, like when it comes to drag and burlesque and like even like hosting. Yeah. So she and I were like, we should definitely like do something where it's like just us because in the burlesque community, there's been so much discourse about like, if you've ever seen uh, like, I feel like I always say this, um, like a black hearts burlesque, which is, like underneath Suicide Girls name or moniker, it's almost always like thin white bodies. And it's just like boring, boring. And as talented as they could be, to me, it's also just a little boring, you know, because that's not how everyone looks. It's just, it's very basic. I'm just like, that's. Right. Yeah. It, It plays into like a lot of like beauty standards and norms and just whiteness yeah and the same conversations um you know they happen in the music scene i mean i'm very involved in the music scene and you know just mm-hmm. it's a lot of a lot of shows are you know just all white men playing in bands and like yeah. well that's not inherently a bad thing it's just when that's all that it like when that just dominates the scene it gets yeah it gets boring it gets mm-hmm. a little tedious and you just yeah it's important for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because like she and I both noticed uh, like, cause there are way more black performers in Milwaukee performing, not just drag, but also burlesque than people realize when I guested with the glamor junkies, like in my, I think it was my first or second year, we were promoting the show a bunch and someone was like, Oh my God there are black burlesque performers in Milwaukee. And I'm like, yeah, there are a couple of us. And I understand that they have a very specific, uh, like type of people that they market to, which is fine. Cause that just brings in more people, I think. But I was, I don't know. I was just kind of surprised by it. I was like, how are you? But I mean, not everyone's like on the up and up in, on, on who, who is all in each burlesque community. If they're paying attention, even in, like in their own city, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, and and I like tagged uh, like 
three of my other friends, and they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, there's Lisbianus, there's Ivory X Machina, there's Aphrodisiac Slays, and Ophelia Butts tagged in. They're like, yeah, I'm here, too, and, like, like a storm. And I was, and they're like, yeah. I'm like, and they're like, they were just, like, taking it back. And some people are like, well, I want to be in it, but I'm so shy and I'm unsure, and I feel like there aren't enough, there aren't a lot of people that look like me, so I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be accepted. And I'm like, yeah, you most certainly are. If you get out there, do it, and you put your energy out there, you most certainly are. Because when I saw the Cream City Cabaret, Milltown Kings, and Bomb Shows all used to have, I don't, Mil- I don't know if Milltown does, well, they still do this, where they get um, do like a half-and-half half show, where half of the show is amateurs, like new people who aren't part of the troupe or something like that, who want to come up and do an act and just have fun with it. And... I think like yeah, like one of my first Milltown shows and one of my first Crimson Cabaret shows, there were at least like two or three black reformers who were just up there doing their thing and they're like, Oh, I'm not in it, but like I really want to have fun and like get up in there. I'm like, if you want to do it, you should do it. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's just seeing someone else that looks like you is incredibly encouraging. So yeah. So I we really felt like putting together this whole show to put a spotlight on the black performers in Milwaukee who don't get enough recognition, who don't get seen, who don't get heard, give them that platform to just like be themselves and have fun and bring also the black community together around us was so important and definitely a big goal that we're still trying to like bring in. Cause it's funny. Some people are like, Oh, I like having this like twice a year. And some people are like, y'all should do it more. Chores, it's 5.05 p.m. It's 5.06 p.m. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) but it's also difficult because, like, people like it being a big a big event but every show for me is a big event yeah so when you don't have a nearly but it's also difficult because just us because in the burlesque community i have both performed outside of who currently are Madison. And so she and I were like, we should definitely like 
to something where it's like just us because in the burlesque community there's been so much discourse about like if you've ever seen uh like i feel like i always say this um like a black hearts burlesque which is like underneath suicide girls name or moniker it's almost always like thin white bodies and it's just like boring boring and it's talented as they could be to me it's also just a little boring you know because that's not how everyone looks it's just it's very basic i'm just like that's right yeah it it plays into like a lot of like beauty standards and norms and just whiteness yeah and the same conversations um you know they happen in the music scene i mean i'm very involved in the music scene and you know Mm -hmm. it's a lot of a lot of shows are, you know, just all white men playing in bands. And, like, yeah. well, that's not inherently a bad thing. It's just when that's all that it, like, when that just dominates the scene, it gets, yeah, it gets boring. It gets a little tedious and you just, yeah, it's important for sure. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, she and I both noticed, uh, like, because there are way more black performers in Milwaukee performing, not just drag, but also burlesque, than people realize. When I guested with the Glamour Junkies, like in my, I think it was my first or second year, we were promoting the show a bunch. And someone was like, oh my God, there are black burlesque performers in Milwaukee? And I'm like, yeah, there are a couple of us. And I understand that they have a very specific uh, like type of people that they market to which is fine because that just brings in more people i think but i was i don't know i was just kind of surprised by it i was like how are you but i mean not everyone's like on the up and up in on, on who, who's all in each burlesque community if they're paying attention even in, like in their own city you know yeah so yeah and and i like tagged uh like three of my other friends and they're like oh yeah i was like yeah there's let's be honest, there's every ex machina, there's aphrodisiac slays, and Ophelia butts tagged in, they're like, yeah, I'm here too, and like, like a storm, and I was, and they're like, yeah, I'm like, and they're like, they were just like, taking it back, and some people are like, well, I want to be in it, but I'm so shy, and I'm unsure, and I feel like there aren't enough, there aren't a lot of people that look like me, so I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be accepted, and I'm like, yeah, you most certainly are, if you get out there, do it, and you put your energy out there, you most certainly are, because when I saw the Cream City Cabaret, Milltown Kings, and Bombshells all used to have, I don't, Mil- I don't know if Milltown does, well, they still do this, where they get, um, do like a half and half show, where half of the show is amateurs, like new people who aren't part of the troupe or something like that, who want to come up and do an act and just have fun with it. And I think like, yeah, like one of my first Milltown shows and one of my first Cream City Cabaret shows there were at least like two or three black performers who were just up there doing their thing. And they're like, Oh, I'm not in it. But like, I really want to have fun and like get up in there. I'm like, if you want to do it, you should do it. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's just seeing someone else that looks like you is incredibly encouraging. So yeah. So I, we really felt like putting together this whole show to put a spotlight on the black performers in Milwaukee who don't get enough recognition, who don't get seen, who don't get heard, giving them that platform to just like, be themselves and have fun and bring also the black community together around us was so important and definitely a big goal that we're still trying to like bring in 
because it's funny some people are like oh i like having this like twice a year and some people are like y'all should do it more and i'm like yeah <laughs> but it's also difficult because like people like it being a big a big event but every show for me is a big event yeah so when you don't have a nearly as, a mu- as much of that community coming out then it's it can be difficult sometimes like yeah it should be like frustrating and um a little disheartening so just like what the heck because i think was it the second yeah the second dripping and melanin show last october there was a smaller crowd than the first one in february but it was fine because we were we freaking did a great job of course of, of course what else did i expect <laughs> but um there was this guy who was like there for the show and encouraging but like he <laughs> we had a chair going from the like the floor to the stage in case someone needed to like step down or step up to like get an audience member onto the stage or something like that and he took that chair sat down and then put his feet on the stage and i'm like dude this is not your mom's house what are you doing how dare you disrespect not just me as the hostess but also our whole show by doing that he's like oh i'm sorry i'm like you should leave <laughs> he didn't leave but i was i was like you don't actually have to leave just like don't do that that's bad etiquette right yeah that is just like dude this isn't like this isn't some club you know yeah. like you like you can't just like recline and take up space right <laughs> like yeah that is that is weird uh yeah what are you doing? What are you, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> right, that guy. Um, so I know um, we talked a little bit about this um, before we started recording, but um, yeah, I mean, needless to say, this year has slowed down a lot of the stuff that got started or mm-hmm. was on the roll before lockdown. So um, have you been, um, I know some people have done like virtual stuff. Like, have you been, able to do anything during quarantine burlesque wise uh not anything that hasn't already been pre-recorded i want to but it's hard to find that energy like uh because it takes a lot of energy to do that so to like do that by especially creating a new act not just something that i've already done to create a new act and put it all together put it all on put on my makeup and like myself up to record on my laptop or phone to myself essentially because like I, I haven't seen any shows where you can also see the audience if anything it's like instagram where you can see them like commenting and like liking and like hearting and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah i haven't had the energy to do that because i put out so much energy when i perform that it can be exhausting so not getting that kind of like feedback loop from other people around me either it be other performers or other people like in the audience or someone else just tell me like good luck and not just regurgitating the energy that's in my house and the energy that I'm putting out oh my god I thought that sounds so exhausting (laughs) and to be fair I have since then been able to perform acts in my kitchen (laughs) so far just in my kitchen and every time and this was recorded uh, back in October before I started doing more shows, specifically with the Minette Minxes and putting out or submitting two shows to put in new acts and whatnot. And now I slightly do have the energy, but it still takes 
a lot of buildup to do that as well, just like it would in real life. But yeah, it's definitely still exhausting. It's it's some exhaustive work. It is still very fun, but it's exhausting. <laughs> like I can start at five o'clock in the afternoon and I might not end it till 1 a.m. just because I have to do multiple takes, especially if it's a show where they don't want any edits and I want it to, you know, look good and sync up with the music that I have and then having to do a very simple lineup on the music together and just making sure all the lighting and whatnot is right to make it look like a nice stage show and not just, hey, this is me in my kitchen. <laughs> I mean, at first I definitely did embrace that and that's enjoyable for some, but I want it to look more than just like my kitchen. <laughs> so yeah. During my guest spot, Ben asked me about dripping in melanin and its importance in not just the burlesque community, but also in Milwaukee. I definitely feel like black performers overall don't get enough credit. We definitely don't get the recognition or accolades that we should throughout the community, whether we're doing burlesque, drag, go-go, singing, we really don't get the spotlight nearly as much as we should. So that's why all of this month I'll be talking to black performers, specifically doing nerdlesque and cosplay, because I really want to highlight them because they have been such an influence on me to show me that this can be done well and successfully. So I think they deserve the spotlight and not just because I love them, because <laughs> I do love them, but you should love them as well. And with that, I'll also be throwing in a little show promo, not just of mine, but also other amazing black burlesque shows, drag shows that are happening online this month. Definitely lots around Valentine's Day, but I'm sure there are going to be some even more after. So more of those show promos will come after, after Valentine's Day, of course, and I'll let you know. <laughs> the big thing that I talked about was the importance of representation, positive representation in your community, like something that is within your reach. It's so important to see other black performers so you know that it's something that you can do that is feasible. In so many movies that people and media, like movies, plays, even myself, that we've seen that have influenced us to want to do burlesque or drag, it's really rare to see a black performer and see them in a positive light without being demonized or villainized or something like that. Like really even thinking about back to my influences, there were no black people around. There were no black burlesque performers. And thinking about how much I loved Eartha Earth Kitt and, um, dang, how did I forget her name right now? Oh, she's like right on the top of my tongue now. I can't remember. I'll add it and edit it maybe later. Actually, I'll talk about her in a later episode. So that'll be that. But you can infer who I'm talking about if you've seen Lovecraft Country and have seen the, I guess it's a time travel episode, essentially, if it's time traveling or universe hopping. But yeah, oh, it's right there on top of my tongue. But <laughs> just seeing people like that, amazing, glorious. And it really does, uh, it's, it does such a disservice, such a shame to the black community overall, not just the performance community, to shy away from those things. 
And again, I think it does go down to respectability politics of other black people not putting these amazing performances, especially the ones who have like not just made a name for themselves, but changed their whole lives, changed their families' lives from it. But then, I don't know, it's probably just race it, um, rooted in patriarchy and um, misogyny, essentially, where it's like women can't and shouldn't be breadwinners and put themselves on display and have their own agency and make their own money for themselves and for their family and be, you know, the top brass in their household kind of a piece of bullshit. So, so yeah, I think it's incredibly important. And that's why whenever I produce shows or want to be a part of shows, I do my best to, you know, surround myself with other performers of color that have influenced me and I think can influence other people. And I cannot wait to get back to producing shows where I can have Camille Leone and maybe Shami LaRue and everybody else in on, on being in these shows. Like, Jeez Louise is the number one freaking blessed performer of note because she is so incredibly influential, like, in her auto burlesque, honestly. Like, she's so incredibly, oh, like, her and Poke Chop and Foxy Tan and freaking... and Redbone and uh, I really do just like not just aspire to be like them but to feel close to them because just being around them it feels like it, it feels like I'm having like a bit of community here because listening to them talk about themselves and where they came from it just it really does sound like where I came from at the same time even though obviously they're a bit different it still very much feels like it's a similar perspective, you know? So maybe you don't know, but that's why you need to listen to these performers. That's why you need to go see these shows. That's why you need to listen to this podcast and subscribe to me on Patreon and Instagram and Twitter <laughs> and give me all your money so I can give them my money as well. I am subscribed to Jeez Louise and Salem on Patreon and anyone else? Hmm. I think I'm subscribed to Zakranda. Maybe not. And she keeps changing her name. That's a little bit difficult for me to pronounce. But that's because I'm not hearing it out loud. But freaking support black artists. Give them all your money whenever you see fit. Not just Black History Month, but every month. Do it. Do it. Yourself. Are you not embarrassed? This is really embarrassing. Let's briefly talk about hmm, respectability politics and etiquette when it comes to going to a burlesque or drag show, really any live performance show, in my opinion. Through the performance of sexual slash tease theatrics, black women who participate in the neo burlesque movement are able to perform both against the universal stereotypes associated with black female sexuality, as well as intercommunity ideals associated with respectability politics. This movement has given black women a safe space to explore and reclaim their sexualities while simultaneously battling with the cultural dissonance that has kept black women, black womanhood and sexuality undefined and not experienced by and for black women. 
black women performing their own femininity through these performances is not only a statement of sexual expression, but also a political pronouncement of self-love, unbridled passion, and eroticism. And now that full article or presentation can't be linked because it apparently doesn't exist on the internet anymore, which is understandable. But now, a little bit about burlesque etiquette, whether you're going to a burlesque show or a drag show or any of those shows, like I said. Um, well, I would say it doesn't apply to online, but really just don't troll online. Don't be gross. So from medium.com, once again, the article, so you're going to a burlesque show, don't forget the etiquette. From October 22nd, 2016, do expect a show, don't expect nudity, do show encouragement, don't make demands, do bring cash, don't assume you can tip directly to the person, don't take pictures, not at all. Do ask if you can, but probably not. If you can take pictures, the host will let you know. Do mingle and don't be tasteless. And now specifically, an etiquette for burlesque shows from the Boom Boom Room in St. Louis, posted back in 2017. In an intimate environment where the audience is part of the act, it helps to know how to behave during a burlesque show. When you're surrounded by feathers, velvet, and sequins, you want to have fun without getting carried away. So, here are some good rules of thumb to follow. Be enthusiastic. Performers live for the applause, so they encourage the audience to cheer, clap, and whistle during the show. Take your cues from the other guests and do what comes naturally. You'll be holding your breath in anticipation during a thrilling dance or bursting out laughing at a comedy act along with everyone else. Respect the performers. Be respectful of the performers and refrain from shouting while they're on stage. Loud, inappropriate comments are never tolerated and can be very distracting. Look sharp. <laughs> Burlesque shows are often glamorous events, so attendees should get just as dressed up as the performers. Considering, consider adopting a vintage vibe to match the venue or pull out your best suit or dress for a put-together look. Especially if there's a theme night or a holiday surrounding the event. Keep your voice low. If you want to chat with your group, be mindful of the audience and whisper. Loud, frequent conversations can be distracting to your neighbors and the performer. Once again, Ask before you snap any pictures. Burlesque shows are full of exciting dance numbers and acrobatics, so you may want to take photos during the performance. Research the venue's policies. Some places don't allow flash photography because it's distracting, while others ban all photography for privacy reasons. Once you've mastered etiquette tips, once you've mastered these etiquette tips, enjoy any show that you come across at the Boom Boom Room or really any burlesque show all over wherever you live, all over, all, wherever you partake in burlesque shows. Here are a few other tips from Persephone Magazine, My Life in Burlesque, The Do's and Don'ts of Attending a Show by Emma Glitterbaum, published in 2014. Don't provide your own commentary. 
I'm going to a show my age and hear what? Uh, going to any show, um, you should realize this isn't Mystery Science Theater 3000. Some, some shows have dialogue. Others have a host. None of them want to hear your own version of the lines or your heckling or obscenities or suggestions of what the performers should do to each other. About that, some of us are into men, some of are into, some of us are into women. Some may very well be some may very well be into each other, but if we are, we're not going to engage in hanky panky on demand just because you suggested it. Do have a drink or three if there's a bar, by all means patronize it. Some bar shows give performers a cut. Actually, no, I'm just going to cut this off. <clears throat> Do like what you see. Publicity is great, and a big part of what keeps us going... <clears throat> Publicity is great, and a big part of what keeps us going. If you like the show, tell your friends. Bring your friends next time. Share the event. Many dancers have their own Facebook pages and Twitter feeds. If you keep up, you can find out where and when they're performing next. If you're attending a show of a troupe or company, track them down on social media. Better yet, write a nice Yelp review or Google review. And say hi after the fact. We like our fans. I've been asked where I studied and what some of my tattoos mean. I've also gotten high fives from groups of bachelors, party on dudes. You can definitely say hi after the show and give us encouragement. Tell us what you liked, uh, where you think we could maybe improve just a little bit, but not a whole lot. And when you do come up and say hi, don't be creepy about it. Avoid touching a dancer unless you know her or them or standing too close. And just, you know, I'm sure in the history of real life there, there have been performers who went home with audience members they just met, never done or witnessed that. What I'm saying is keep in mind that we're not <laughs> the Rolling Stones circa 1970. We're not, we're likely not leaving with you. Do sit up close and don't be shy. Mm. Okay. But don't invade the performer's personal space. This can be a little challenging when you're in a performance space without a designated stage, some bars, if they don't have a stage or it's a floor show or something like that. That said, do your best to maintain at least a little distance unless the dancer bridges the gap themselves, especially at bar shows. It's fun to interact with the audience on a more personal level, but please give the performer that, that option rather than forcing it. It's really for your own safety too, so you don't get hit in the face with a glove. <laughs> Gloves can hurt with enough momentum behind them, and I for one have been known to throw, kick, whip my clothes long distances, <laughs> either at audience members or camera people. If there is a stage, however, do not put your feet on it. Well, so this person has seen this done at a Broadway theater for a non-burlesque play. Very rude. Just rude. And unsafe for the performers who could trip and fall. We're thinking about keeping our pasties properly glued to our nips. We don't need to worry about <laughs> breaking our noses because your foot is in the way. Don't forget you are at a burlesque show not a strip club. You're not going to put the tip in a dancer's under things. Don't even try. I mean, don't. Period. It's not going to happen, buddy. And you're just going to look like a fool. And we will laugh at you backstage. We might even make fun of you on stage. Do make eye contact with the performers. <laughs> we only bite on Tuesdays. 
the joke. It's cool to look at our faces. We're proud of our bodies, not embarrassed, and you shouldn't be either. Nudity is a beautiful thing, but don't give us a stink eye. <laughs> I swear to the flying spaghetti monster, I will scream if I see another audience member glare at me. I'm not talking about the, phenom the phenomenon of resting bitch face. I'm talking about full-on murderous stare. Please, rest assured, I'm not... I'm not bumping and grinding so I can steal your boyfriend, husband, or date. They're not my type, and by not my type, I mean they're a stranger watching me perform in a show with someone who clearly has a girlfriend, wife, partner, or date at their side. I really <laughs> hate to be sexist here. And to be clear, I've seen many, many straight and gay couples attend couples and have an amazing time. But I've experienced this most often with women. And it disappoints me because I'm a woman too. I just like dancing around in my underpants, okay? Ain't no shame in my game. Do clap, cheer, and woot to your heart's content. To your heart's content. Uh, but don't ever, ever, I mean ever, make fun of, of a performer to her face or within earshot at all. If you really want to say something shady or snide or whatever, wait till you're at home. And yes, I've seen this happen. <laughs> there were two couples in the front row who violated many of... Miss Glitterbombs, no, no rules. They were drunk. They did not stop talking. They had their feet on stage and kept them there even after I wildly gesticulated at them in a mini interpretive dance entitled, Get Your Feet the Fuck Off the Stage. During the, during the tip, get, dur oh, during the, the tip dance, the alpha asshole tried to put a bill in the dancer's panties twice, but the piece de resistance of asshattery occurred about three quarters of the way through the show. A very lovely woman began performing a delightfully raunchy solo. This was not me, the author. Uh, it was. It really was someone else. But she is a burlesque sister and a fellow performer, and I am so pissed on her behalf. Instead of clapping, cheering, wooting, and generally enjoying her awesomeness, the alpha asshole decided it would be fun to start hoochie-cooching himself, wiggling around in his seat and poorly shaking his shoulders in a clear attempt to make fun of the dancer. His wife loudly admonished him with a smile on, his, on her face. Needless to say, the only reason management wasn't asked to kick out the whole party of dickheads was because the show was nearly over. This was a call made by the dancer after she got backstage. Almost a week later, still can't articulate how horrible this is and why do I even have to make this a don't. Don't be the alpha asshole, or any asshole for that matter. But of course, do have fun. Thank you so much for all of these beautiful, well-written words, Emma Glitterbomb. <clears throat> and a little bit about Emma Glitterbomb, because I don't actually know her. Um, Emma Glitterbomb is a burlesque dancer in Chicago. Writer by, day, writer by day, fixin' by night. She's a proud company member of Gorilla Tango Burlesque and a founding member of Madam Hatter's Moonlight Marauders. I can't believe I got that out in one take. <laughs> Emma has danced with Beast Women, The Better Booby Bureau, Festival of Flesh, The Kiss Kiss Cabaret, the comedy show Menage Ha, and the blues band Miss Jackie and the Sass. And you can say bonjour over to her at eglitterbomb at gmail.com. I'll be sending her an email. <laughs> so, yeah, essentially suffice to say, unfortunately, I'm not the only one who has experienced this kind of <clears throat> ass hattery. And hopefully... Well, I would say it would, would be the last, but hopefully after this whole panoramic that we are so currently panning through, 
I would hope that this doesn't continue to happen to people. That incident was back in 2014, but again, just know some basic courtesy. And I'm shocked to hear that people would do this at a Broadway show as well. Like, are you serious? The audacity, more likely the caucasity, but I don't know the the color scale of the person involved. Still, the audacity. Like, how dare you go to patronize to like to, to patronage some to see a performance and then put your feet up on the stage on Broadway, first of all, and then go to any show in Chicago. Be it a couple or not, like I don't even understand. And I've had the same thing happen to me, not um not just the feet on the stage, but also people I guess being on a date and maybe being their first time at a burlesque show and imitating the burlesque performer I personally highly highly discourage and dislike that on my own even in my real life like people copying my dance moves while I'm doing it is very very strange to me and I would appreciate it if it was never done again it feels very strange and it feels like I'm being made fun of so maybe entirely don't do that a show that I am in, let's get mine first, uh, is a Midnight Minxes Pixel Hearts 2.0 hosted by the Midnight Minxes via Homicon and live on YouTube. It's pre-recorded, so it's not like live live, but they do such a well-produced show and I love being a part of a great nerdless show. I had something real, real fun for all y'all. It's, it's going to be real fun. It's going to be seven acts. So if there are other shows that you want to go see, then that are probably later on in the night or even before, you can definitely do that. It'll be February 13th at, let me double check this time. Yeah, so it's actually February 12th through the 14th. Tickets are available through the website midnightminxes.com slash shop. Standard tickets are $10. VIP tickets are $20. And it's an 18-plus event. It'll be put on at about 8 p.m., I want to say. I guess more so whenever you want to go see it. Another show that is really, really fun. I won't be a part of this show, but I'm definitely going to go see it and enjoy it for sure. This is definitely something that I have been pushing, that I want to push all month long. Not just via Valentine's Day, not just via Black History Month, but really all the time. Whether you're single or in a relationship, you need to have love for yourself first. So this show 
is called Reclaiming My Love. A love letter to blackness. Presented by a bodysuit. On Valentine's Day, the 14th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is produced by P. Noir and Sam Snight Burlesque and Bodysuit. B O W D Y suit. Preaching to the performances. The, the amazing performances by Alada Boutte, Miss Brick House, Switch the Boy, Chameleon, Foxworth Born, Spicy Thing. Felicia Divine, Pinot Noir, Miss Poison Ivory, Charlie Sharp, and Samsonite. I'm honestly so happy and excited. This show will be hosted on Zoom. All you gotta do is go to literally any performer listed in any of the bio, it will be there. I think I just found out about first from Chameleon, who I love, she's amazing. I'm pretty sure it's pay what you can. No one denied. Definitely go check it out. I'm going to be there watching it. another show that's mm, it's a much bigger event that I was initially going to be a part of and unfortunately I could not be due to medical illness and I'm very sad very very sad and upset that I can't be a part of it but I will still be watching the show Sad that this happened to me but anyways this is gonna be a weekend long event I definitely, definitely recommend it because it's just full of talent, just extraordinary black talent. Chicago Black Drag Council presents the Black Valentine Cabaret. It's going all weekend long from Friday, February 12th to Saturday or to Sunday, February 14th. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be on twitch.tv slash Chicago Black Drag Show with a $10 suggested donation. From 6 to 7, there will be... There will be, from 6 to 7, there will be Jaguar by Victoria Monet, a visual album hosted by the Unfriendly Black Hotties from 7 to 8. Actually, you know, let me just tell you. So, 
Yeah. So yeah. Music seven to eight. Ooh. A, a one person show from wait, what did I just say? Oh my goodness. So yeah, lots of events. One, two, three, four events, including a burlesque show at eight on Friday, February twelfth. And it's gonna be even more fun stuff going until eleven thirty PM on Saturday. Four shows, including a Nerd Less show, Why It Gotta Be Black Lightning, hosted by Degrassi No and Joe Mama. And now that's what I call Drag, hosted by Eve the Bunny and Coronation. The Black Parade, hosted by Arigato and Lucy Stuhl. And the Melanin Ball, also on Saturday, by uh, from 9 to 10.30. And then, of course, Salem is doing a, a whole uh, music set at 11 p.m. And then Sunday, February 14th, it's going from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. All this in Central Standard Time. I'll be posting this on my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as well. So some of this I'm going to cut out because it doesn't make any sense because I'm bad at wording things. But definitely go check out all of these shows because i'm gonna check them all out not just because i'm in one of them or i was going to be in another one but it's just high quality and when it's high quality that's when you gotta check it out all right thanks bye that was me talking to ben Soli from back in october you can check out the full full version of that interview over on his youtube channel at youtube.com slash mr nice guy and over on Instagram as well, see little clips of me and everyone else that he's had guests on his show. I hope you all enjoyed this little bonus episode from me. And hope you got to learn a little bit more about not just me. And also go check out Mr. Nice Guy over on YouTube and Instagram. Thanks, y'all. Stay sparkly. Bye.